0: I'm Terry Woods.
1: Oh, and I'm Mark Hader. <laughs>
0: Terry, you scared <excuse> me. <laughs> this is Tech Texas Storytellers, brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel over the air, on KVQTHD21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com slash podcast or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher. Wow, you know I don't think I've ever
1: said the iHeart thing. I, uh, I, 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 it's not that I go against it or anything. It's just kind of strange iHeart, but whatever. Anyway, boy, this is uh, a monumental day in that school started. Mine started yesterday. School I for these for people a, don't know because they don't know when we're sitting here.
0: Uh, well, school for uh, uh, this area started yesterday. Mm-hmm. I would so,
1: like to know what their uh, attendance was and how many are at home getting um,
0: well, online. Everybody's online right now.
1: See, now that is uh, what I thought until I was talking to someone who said something like you said, everybody's at school. I uh, My thought was, oh okay. gosh, I didn't know Connor
0: that. Conroe ISD is online.
1: They're online. So
0: the Woodlands online area is online right now. Right. Um, Some of them started yesterday. They're on school.
1: They're not at school. I got it now.
0: Some of them started yesterday. Some of them started today. Yes. Um, I saw pictures where kids are doing really, really well. I had two um, uh, Zoom classes myself today, and Mm -hmm. uh, there was one young lady on her back porch, and she even caught me.
1: Sleepy? Uh, Come on, Terry.
0: Not this time.
1: Oh, not this time. No,
0: not this time. But she caught me uh, giving her uh, an incorrect answer, and she gave me a beautiful reason. So she was right oh, very, right into it. So that was cool.
1: Those are cool.
0: And... Um,
1: I never uh, liked them, but yeah, they're cool.
0: Anyway, as far as I know, things are going well.
1: Super. And you're still gainfully employed for the, what, 46th year? Uh, I don't know this what it
0: is. This should be too. the 47th year. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, there comes a time when they boot your buns out of there, Terry. They haven't done it yet. I think somebody needs to. You need to slack off. Yeah,
0: I have a new classroom closer to the exit. Maybe that's why.
1: Mm. Oh, that is good. Yeah, you're over at uh, where Washington was. I don't know what it is now. It's
0: Washington High School now. And they're remodeling it and making it look spiffy.
1: Oh, neato. Mm -hmm. You know, other things that are neato are today's show. Let me tell you.
0: All right. I can't wait.
1: Go. Uh, It's Mark's turn. I found some more uh, ghost stories, but this one has multiple stories out of the same town. Um, Jefferson. How many of y'all have been to Jefferson, Texas? About three of them. Uh, It's a neat town. It's got a bunch of old stuff in it, but it has got a history that is something else. And any town that has a history generally has ghosts. I don't know why that is, but they have uh, had a long time to incorporate stuff like that. So I've got some ghost stories. And um, somewhere, uh, if not today, then last week, we will have a story on um, camels, dromedaries to be exact, because... Terry, there's a difference. And I, I don't even want to get started on it now, but dromedaries no, are not camels, and it. camels aren't dromedaries, but we call uh, dromedaries camels, and that's just not right by any stitch of the Okay,
0: so
1: the ghost story. Oh, the ghost story. Um, okay, are y'all the ghost story? Okay. We are, um, I hope you enjoyed the daylights out of last week, when we had the uh, the book they're not monsters. It's a virus. Uh, children's book for, oh man, those two A&M professors were to die for. They were really cool. Uh, I admire anyone with uh, uh, that deep of an education. That's good. Okay, I, uh, Perry. I looked up something about Jefferson Hotel, uh, oddly enough, in Jefferson, Texas. And I um, I was there last year, and for the life of me, I didn't even know about the hotel. If I had read this before, Mm. the things I could have That's why
0: reading is so good for you.
1: Oh, reading, you cannot overrate it, Uh, Terry. uh, Yeah, you're right. Anyway, a little something about uh, Jefferson first. Listen to this. Near the banks of the big Cypress Bayou, a hop, skip, and a jump, the Louisiana border, the Jefferson Hotel has offered decadent hospitality for over a hundred years, and its quaint early Uh, Victorian structure has stood for 50 more. By the way, with respect to uh, decadent, he means decadent in here. I thought it was, you know, a play on words, but as you read down, oh, they're decadent in some cases. The many ages uh, and ownership changes of the property have left their subtle marks beneath the preserved Uh, period decor. Man, this guy's big on uh, uh, flashy words. And uh, handwritten records overflow with guest sightings of at least five separate entities from beyond. From beyond. Although the hotel is closed indefinitely for repairs and renovations as of this posting, any ghosts that have been hanging around since the days of steamboats and hoop skirts are no doubt still waiting within the beautiful building for its next... Revival. History of the Jefferson Hotel. Here's where it comes, ladies and gentlemen. It began as a cotton warehouse, by the way. In the 1850s, Jefferson was one of the most developed cities in Texas. I have trouble believing that, but I'm going to take their word for it. I think it's because of the city travel. Uh, I mean, the water travel. Anyway, uh, second only to Galveston, sometimes mispronounced Galbuston by children, sure. Uh Thanks to a newly charted steamboat route along the Bayou, for traders working along the Mississippian tributaries, Jefferson was the westernmost port that could be reached without transferring their goods from boat to rail. The building now known as the Jefferson Hotel was built in 1851 as a warehouse to support the exploding cotton industry. (laughs) See, you thought it was uh, exploding cotton industry. Early hotel and brothel years. Terry, I'm going to have to mention a brothel in a little bit, but uh, uh, Justin, uh, the producer can uh, definitely, uh, yeah, century. It. Anyway, it's unclear exactly when the Jefferson uh, Hotel opened its doors as center of hospitality. Estimates range from as early as 1870 to as late as 1900. I, for the life of me, and I'll quit talking about this in a minute, but I don't understand, Oh, we don't know when this place opened, but it was somewhere between 1870 and in 1900. People, aren't there some records? I mean, that's not that far behind. Surely somebody could say how old it is. One would think. Thank you for backing me up on that. Uh, once it did open, however, it also dipped its toes into a business every bit as lucrative as cotton, especially on its ill-famed second floor. To this day, that floor is still encircled by the long veranda where the hotel's good-time girls once advertised their wares.
0: Huh. Good time, girls. This
1: place was called the Crystal Palace, second floor. Uh, Come to the era of prohibition, the Jefferson Hotel became a roaring night spot and speakeasy under the name of the Crystal Palace. The hotel's uh, ballroom, maintained until its uh, recent closure with period furnishing, has borne witness to many an evening of tipsy risk-takers grumbling, not grumbling, gambling with their fortunes and couples dancing the night away to lively ragtime piano. But now comes the ghost stories, folks, about all of this. That's just uh, feeding you a little bit about the background. Jefferson Hotel has seen its fair share of, like I say, unexplainables, and unlike many uh, allegedly haunted locales where stories are passed from one guest to uh, an employee or to another, changing a little each time. Stories are wont to do that, by the way. The staff of Jefferson has taken care uh, to record as many encounters as possible in the experiences in the experiencer's own words during its latter years of operation a book of the dead was kept behind the front desk in which guests were encouraged to write down the details of any contact with the hotel spirits the brave and the curious were even permitted to check volumes of the book out for bedtime reading Folks, there are so many stories. This is just a part of uh, some. It sounded like the intro to the series of Naked City. There are eight million stories in the Naked City, Terry. Don't you forget it. The i been uh, no, waiting
0: for the ghosty part.
1: Okay, here we go. The ghosty part. Shut up, Mark. The Mill Children. While there are many reported specters of the Jefferson Hotel, some of the most commonly cited are a pair of children of about seven years old, a boy in knee-length breeches and a girl in a pinafore. They are believed to be casualties of the building's days as a cotton warehouse, but in spite of their laborious lives and untimely deaths, they're now some of the hotel's most high spirited inhabitants, often heard laughing and chasing each other through the halls. Hold on to your keys and valuables in the vicinity of the Jefferson Hotel because the mill children love to play with small objects and pull pranks on guests, moving possessions around and turning lights on and off. There are several accounts of this happening in the hotel, so uh, uh, I don't know how many of these guests were making stuff up, but uh, I just can't believe all of them are. I wouldn't think so. Stuff moves around. But that's the general story of it here's something about the vanishing man little is known or even suspected about who this man might be but numerous reports have described a tall male figure in a long coat and high boots who comes and goes as he pleases though he makes no threatening moves so some guests have found him um Oh, say, I'm sorry, I was, uh, found him unsettling, persistent, sitting or standing in their rooms throughout the night. Whoever he is, he apparently, uh, he's the, apparently the hotel's most solid and hard to miss apparition. Some guests have even reported, uh, following him down a hall, thinking him to be another living guest, only to watch him vanish as he turns into one of the rooms, Oh my. That is just not to be. Room 19 is a particularly volatile hot spot of paranormal activity, part of which seems to be connected with the anguished spirit. We can now forget the tall guy that nobody knows who he is because now we've got this spirit of a teenage girl. Though the records of the hotel's history as a bordello are understandably spotty, the girl is thought to be a prostitute who was stabbed by a client and left to die slowly in the room's bathtub. Uh, She now appears in the midst of hot showers. I'm sorry, I just had to read that again. And leaves messages on room 19's bathroom mirror. Sometimes the words seem to be warnings. Other times, pleas for help. The name Judy has been seen among her scribbles. But it's unclear whether she's introducing herself or calling out to some longtime friend or coworkers
0: for help. So... Did she become a movie of a week of the week?
1: Uh, apparently. You know, I don't know that. Uh, it's sounding like she's been there quite a bit. Wow. Uh, because, it, I mean, they're saying people have uh, reported such and such about this. And I don't know how many ghosts there are that people, you know, just uh, one person or two might have seen and nobody knew who they were. Mm. People know this one. It's called Libby and White. This beautiful young woman appeals... Uh, this beautiful young woman, Harry, appears. appears. She does, she may appeal too, appears most often to male guests traveling alone and she can be recognized by her bridal gown, golden hair and feet that never touch the ground. I would notice stuff like that. Though she's uh, been seen all over the property, Libby mainly seems to haunt a specific bed rather than a location. Following it around through multiple remodels. Holy cow. Experts and staff members disagree on the uh, this spirit's exact identity, though the most likely suspects are an Elizabeth and a Lydia who stayed in the hotel almost 50 years apart from each other. Both women were jilted on their wedding days. Both were likely pregnant at the time, and both subsequently hung themselves from the bed's unusually tall oh, wow. headboard. Originally in room, uh, uh, no, it doesn't say room 19, that was the other one. Libby and the bed have inhabited room 12, room 14, and even room 19, several ghosts in room 19 at different times. One can only hope that she and Judy have found some uh, post-mortem comfort in each other's company, whatever both their true names may be. Sadly, there's no telling when guests will again be allowed to explore the halls and rooms of Jefferson, but until then, the spirits will be waiting uh, for the exterior architecture to display uh, quaintly, and several other historical hotels in the area will gladly take it. With some of these ghost hunters and uh, other urban explorers of Jefferson City, but there's one more, it's called Judy's Mirror, folks, and this is also room 19. In a particularly volatile hotspot of paranormal activity, part of which seems to be connected with the anguished spirit of a teenage girl. The records of the hotel's history as a bordello are understandably spotty. The girl is thought to be a prostitute who was stabbed by a client and left to die. Uh, And uh, anyway, this is Judy, the same one who died in the bathtub. She was apparently stabbed twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somehow or other, this story ended up at the bottom as well as in the middle. That's
0: what happened. Wow. Wow. It's just, yeah, but that's really something
1: oh, it is something i uh, and there's scarier ones that uh I guess i am gonna have to get next time. I don't know what now, with respect to ghosts, did we talk about did, you've seen you haven't seen, or
0: I really have not seen ghosts, but I love a good ghost story, yeah, um, and uh we we one thing that that we really like um as a family, is to find Texas ghost stories, because mm-hmm. they, are, they are that interesting to me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I don't even like, well, they don't interest me as much now, but uh, I used to be so afraid of scary shows like The Tingler. I, I don't know who remembers that, but that was scared the Woolies out of me because that's when they started this idea, I forget the guy's name who did it, to introduced some of the monsters into the theater, or say, th- there's going to be a Tingler released. And that's what they did in the Capitan Theater. The Tingler is coming out, and I was a child, and it scared the willies out of me. Uh, but uh, anyway, I uh, wanted my dad to sue him for that, but he didn't, I didn't, didn't think uh, that I
0: didn't was want. a good idea, huh? But anyway... Uh, but you know, what I what I do like is a suspense story. Alfred Hitchcock is ooh, man. my my all time favorite. every Alfred Hitchcock I can get my hands on. The new ones, the old mm-hmm. ones, the TV shows. Um, I just love those stories because of their they're suspense based rather yeah. than horror ah screen based. Right. So yeah, I, I really like that a lot. I think
1: four of his stories were actually actually had good endings. Most of them are just terrible. For example, the story of this guy driving down a road with snow all over it. It's a covered road. And these people <clears throat> are in front of him. And they're not driving very slow. And this guy's speeding up and he's honking, turn and say, hey, let's drive even slower. They kept him, this is Alfred Hitchcock, ladies and gentlemen. They kept him back for. The whole time, and it was almost an hour before they finally let him go. And his wife was dying in the back seat. And uh, anyway, as a result, she died while he was waiting. You're
0: telling a there. real story about a film no, thing? I'm telling, telling a me? real
1: story that Alfred Hitchcock had on his TV show. I don't. Oh, believe okay, it. I don't but remember that. The one. thing is, after it, I was just really angry. The thing is, part mm-hmm. of the story was this old man getting back to the people that. Uh, him nice up. revenge, Terry. It is something that is, uh, really eats at people. But speaking of eating at people, what have you got over here?
0: Well, I thought I'd uh, shift gears a little bit and uh, talk about Dr. Pepper.
1: Get out of the city. I love Dr.
0: Pepper. Do you know that at one time they tried to make Dr. Pepper the, the uh, state drink of Texas?
1: I knew not that.
0: Yeah, it's the truth. But I would have voted for it. Yeah, I would have too. But Justin, and I need a Dr. Pepper oh, yeah. every now and then. It, it's not often that I drink uh, soda as much as I used to, but um, a Dr. Pepper?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Justin, I could use one now.
0: That would be uh, awesome. But I'll be okay. Oh, and a Dr. Pepper shake? never had one. <laughs> I,
1: uh, but I, I need to work on that. Dr. Pepper, The History Of by Terry Woods.
0: Well, this isn't the history to start with. Actually, there was a news story. I think it was yesterday. I think um, this was in Texas Monthly um, online, and the the writer is Dan Sullivan Solomon. And uh, one of the ways that the emotional roller coaster of 2020 has manifested itself has been in product shortages. Hmm. Need toilet paper? Sorry, it took months for the supply to get back to normal. Want to work out through the spring? Kettle bought bells and weight benches were available only on the black market. Ooh. Basics like flour and yeast took their turns being the hot, sold out product of the the moment. And I told you about pasta. Oh yeah. And during the animal crossing furor of the months of the pandemic, pandemic, um. Nintendo Switches were being stockpiled like cigarettes in prison. Oh, my gosh! Bikes and above-ground pools are still scarce. As summer begins, it's extremely slow transition into fall.
1: Hmm.
0: Even Jigsaw Puzzles, the hot-ticket home entertainment of the 1930s, disappeared from the retailer's shelves. My sister never put Jigsaw Puzzles together, but now she likes the 300 pieces to 500 pieces and they're really hard to find Hmm. the latest product to be swept into scarcity by these times we're going through though is one texans tend to hold very close to their hearts dr pepper the beloved soft drink that was invented in waco in 1885 and for more than a century was bottled in the small central texas town of dublin is now on the watch list for product shortages the company itself acknowledged a very serious problem in a tweet on monday mm. according to usa today the shortage can be the shortage can be traced to the aluminum can industry which wasn't prepared for the huge demand for canned drinks after restaurants closed and people had to satisfy their soda cravings at home other soda and beer companies, such as Molson's, Coors, and Coca-Cola, have faced similar issues. Because there are other more pressing concerns in the COVID-19 era, complaining about a short of a shortage of your favorite soft drink feels maybe a wee bit uh, tone deaf. Mm. So we won't complain specifically about Dr. Pepper, but we will take just a moment to recognize that it was a... It was nicer before when we lived in a version of America where we never had to worry about things like Dr. Pepper shortages. A potential run on Dr. Pepper is less about the soft drink than it is a bright maroon symbol of what it is like now. Living in a country where it's not safe to visit our families, our our doctors, our nurses, our dentists are stretched to the breaking point. 160,000 people have died from a disease that the U.S. has proved uniquely incapable of containing. And our economic future looks more uncertain by the moment. We were a different country not that long ago. One where the idea that our supply of a consumer product, as ambiguous as Dr. Pepper, could run out felt absurd as saying it. I don't know. I wouldn't be safe to eat at a restaurant anymore. Or the Big Ten wasn't going to play college football this fall. fall. Oh, this too shall pass. Of course. And there is reason to be optimistic. That at at some point in the not-so-distant future, when it would be foolish to guess, We will find ourselves living once more in an America in which supermarket shelves are stocked with Dr. Pepper, and we can assume as the birthright of every born Texan to have one. All right, Terry Woods,
1: that is something I want to follow up on a little later But right now, we need to take a break. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in just a bit with a little more Dr. Pepper and something else that's really fascinating. Later. Woodlands Online is committed to serving our local community. From news and events coverage to shows and blogs, everything we do is hyper-local. Woodlands Online. By the Woodlands. For the Woodlands. Want to know where the best spots to dine and relax in the Woodlands are? Or what's happening in your favorite fandom? From taste buds to the kingdom of geekdom, Woodlands Online has you covered. Woodlands Online, the place for local takes. As much as we might try, nobody can be everywhere all the time. That's why at Woodlands Online, we're committed to producing quality video coverage of local news, events, sports, and everything else you don't want to miss. Woodlands Online, your window into the Woodlands.
0: Well, I've got one more story now that we're back. Okay, about
1: Dr. Pepper's.
0: It's about Dr. Pepper, and it's not very long, but it's going to let you know, especially if you're from Texas, that um, uh, at one time they wanted to make Dr. Pepper the drink of Texas. I have no problem
1: with that myself.
0: I think it's awesome. But in February 1973, in the very first issue of Texas Monthly, we published an article. Remember, this was Texas Monthly, and the author was Solomon, Dan Solomon.
1: And and this was the first publication of Texas Monthly? Did you say that? I
0: just read that. It's what he wrote. You
1: read it very well, too. What year, 1983, did you say? I said in February
0: 1973. That's what I thought. In the very first issue of Texas Monthly, we published an article called Understanding Dr. Pepper in the 46 years since. We've devoted a great deal of space to the beverage. And why wouldn't we? There are few brands more iconically Texan than Dr. Pepper, no matter who owns it, because Keurig owns it right now. Or where they bottle it. Son of a gun. The coffee outfit? Yeah. Or where they bottle it, which is not Dublin, Texas. Dr. Pepper tastes like a Texas summer. A rush of caffeine and a fizz and sugar and joy.
1: (sighs) I'm getting excited.
0: It's still a wonderful base for an ice cream float. A treated heart of a decades-long tradition at Baylor University. And the only soft drink brand with its own museum right here In our fine state of Texas, Mm -hmm. other states have iconic soft drinks. Coca-Cola is entwined with Georgia. Pepsi's origins are rooted in North Carolina, but Texans are so fiercely proud of everything born and bred here (sighs) that our relationship to Dr. Pepper is special. And the company, despite being owned by Yanks, oops, is nonetheless looking to formalize it to, the, to that end. We've launched, launched a change.org petition urging Texas legislature to declare Dr. Pepper the official soft drink of Texas. Now, this is when this was, the article was written, uh, which was last year. Okay. At press time, the petition has a scant 100-plus signatures. Not that many more supporters than a petition to rename the drink Daddy Pepper. The the explanation, simply the words, this is important, or urging the U.S. Supreme Court for some reason to ban it entirely? It's neck and neck with a still active petition aimed at the Coca-Cola Company, which is not affiliated with Dr. Pepper, urging the, the flavor Dr. Pepper to be red-infused and to return to store shelves in that manner. None of which should be considered to suggest that the push from Dr. Pepper itself to be recognized is doomed to fail in the same way that Daddy Pepper failed. It's just fun to see how many Dr. Pepper-themed petitions can be put up on a website called change.org. All right, just a little bit more. Okay. Voting to recognize Dr. Pepper, while a bit of a time waster, is sort of a charming political procedure that's likely to sail through both houses with bipartisan support. Who wants to be the state legislature who voted against Dr. Pepper after all?
1: The President of Hars root beer probably, or something like that. You know one so, thing, my understanding of the doubling Dublin, uh, Dublin uh, city, they were producing Dr. Pepper, and they were using uh, pure cane sugar in it, and Dr. Pepper said, "No, we're not going to do that anymore." And uh, my understanding is, so Dr. Pepper bought the rights to make Dr. Pepper. And the Dublin City factory still makes drinks, uh, soda pop drinks, orange and grape and stuff like that. They just can't make Dr. Peppers anymore. But have you been there and seen those machines and all there? Justin, have you been there? Uh, and Oliver hadn't been there. They, it is neat. You get to see the... Oh, it's, it was fascinating. Um, Old that, building. that
0: is cool. Like Laverne and Shirley.
1: Exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. If I could say that mm-hmm. line again.
0: Uh, you know. Shlemiel.
1: Chamel Shemazel. Something, <laughs> something like Haas that.
0: Hassan Pfeffer yeah, Incorporated. One of those
1: things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, I hate to just run over Dr. Pepper like that because I well, really well, like it. Well,
0: I think that we're done. H-E-B
1: has a Dr. B. that's Dr. Pepper. That's really good. Okay,
0: I can't believe that. Well, there is a Dr. Pibb, too, or oh, Mr. Yeah, Pibb. yeah, Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb, but none of those will be Dr. Pepper.
1: They won't. They won't.
0: And even in this type of climate, mm-hmm. 2020, that we're living with, with, Dr. Pepper is just so refreshing. And I think on the way home today, when I put my mask on, I'm, I'm going to absolutely get a Dr. Pepper.
1: I could use your. I want
0: to tell you something.
1: It's here, Terry.
0: Producer Justin
1: mm-hmm. I asked me
0: to ask my friends who, by the way, people do like my shows sometimes, or our shows sometimes. Oh, it's true. It's and um, uh, he asked me to ask them what they really thought. So the one, one comment I got was that they were concerned that we aren't wearing masks. Oh. So at the end of every show, I wanted to be sure that we... Let people know that we have masks, yep. and um, I, I even have an array of masks. So I think at this point, I'm going to say, and this is Texas Storytellers brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch the show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel, over the air on KVQT HD21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com slash podcast. Or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or watch it on Woodlands You're here.com. Goodbye for now. I'm Terry Woods.
1: And I'm Mark Cater.
0: And we're going out for a Dr. Pepper. Woohoo!
1: See you next time. Mm-hmm.